0: we forge you again. The Travoltathon isn't done yet. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight Podcast, the show that somehow, some way, survived the very worst of John Travolta. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Flaherty for this momentous occasion. Mike, how you doing, man?
1: I've I've got my party hat, my like little twirlers, and the little things that go out and make noise when you blow into them. Like I, we've reached the end of the Travoltathon, and my God, I didn't, I Max, I didn't think we'd get here. I didn't think we'd get here. I didn't think we'd survive the pain that, that was Travolta's Travolta's worst.
0: Yeah, and little little does the audience know, uh, we actually have a cake. Here in the shape of john travolta's head that we're going to be eating live on no we're not going to be doing it. we're not it's, going to be eating oh, it on stream
1: it's, it's scientology flavored no we're not oh, going to eat oh. on we're we're not going to eat it on stream we're gonna we're gonna do where it was it we're gonna just sit on the cake like the cake farts thing
0: that <laughs> one uh. shot <laughs> <laughs> all right so like like we mentioned we're going to kind of be doing something similar to what we did last year, talking a little bit about our celebrity, talking about a mo- a very prominent movie they were in, and then trying to decide, were they any good? But first, we felt the best way to wrap up the Travolta-thon was we had to somehow link it back to this concept we have here for Celebrity Month. And for me, there's no better way of doing that than linking it to our favorite celebrity crazy person, Nick Cage. And hence today, we will be talking a little bit about the 1997 sci-fi action film, Face-Off. Mike, what did you think of (laughs) Face-Off?
1: Okay. Face-Off is magnificent. Face-Off is everything you need out of an ADHD movie. I will tell everyone that right now. Face-Off, the way... The way the director, John Woo, who if any of you don't know who that is, one, are you were you sleeping under a rock to change that? Because John Woo and specifically Face Off do frantic chaos in the in a really good way, I Mm -hmm. because this movie is chaotic. It is high energy at borderline all points. And there is no it doesn't stop to take a breath but you also don't feel exhausted by watching it i mm-hmm. i love this movie this movie is fantastic it's great it's got it's got nicholas cage being nicholas cage and it's got john travolta acting like nicholas cage which is chef's kiss which it's essentially two nicholas cages which oh my god it's like christmas came early <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's talk about these stars we have here, Mike. Like, Nick Cage and John Travolta, they have fucking chemistry. Like, Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that apparently they spent, like, some weeks together before filming to learn how to act like one another. And like you mentioned, you can really see it, especially in John Travolta's performance. It's like this weird thing where it's like John Travolta acting as – Nick Cage like John Travolta playing his character then having to play Nick Cage and do the mannerisms with his fate like and I can see it like his facial oh, expressions yeah. I'm like oh he's he's doing a Nick Cage I get it
1: <laughs> it's exactly that's the thing that's impressive is all hats off to John Travolta on this because I know I know Nick Cage Nick Cage essentially just had to tone it down he literally just had to bring it down a fuckload and he but Dr. Travolta has subtleties that Nick Cage had to nail, which credit to him. He genuinely did nail. But the mm-hmm. the freaking gold medal goes to Travolta, who, as you said, he did the thing that I think we pointed out with Nick Cage, where it's, you, it, it's like you see his, his expression in his eyes mm-hmm. and his mouth the most. Mm-hmm. And Travolta nails it because he looks... He does the wide eye thing that Cage does. He does the open mouth thing. Oh, my God. He nails it all.
0: And again, I, th- I think another thing that makes this movie so great, too, is that at time <clears throat> is that at times it's fucking hilarious and so mm-hmm. cheesy, but th- it's also got like some heart underneath it. And the comedy doesn't take away from its seriousness. You still feel for the characters and you want them to succeed. And, like, I even read somewhere that John Woo, the director during production, uh, started making this, making Face Off like a comedy. And I think a lot of that comes down to who we have as our two leads.
1: Mm -hmm. It's I I couldn't agree more. Like, it makes sense that John Woo steered steered this towards a comedy. Because I'm going to be so honest, if this was really, really ultra-serious... Like, it only had the really intense, serious notes. I don't think this movie would be nearly as, like, enjoyable as it was. Like, seeing seeing Travolta hem it up to the 10th degree, and then seeing, like, Nick Cage just be Nick Cage, combined with John Woo's, like, super over-the-top, doves-flying, like, action scenes it is a match made in heaven for a comedy action movie, which this is, which it does magnificently.
0: Mm-hmm. I, this movie is just an absolute classic. And before we get on to the drinks we have specifically for face off, I want to at least mention that a sequel of face off is in the works directed by Adam Wingard. That'll follow the children of Nick cage and John Travolta facing off against each other. And I don't know about you, but to me, I think that sounds awesome. If they approach it with the same tone as they did this one, I think it'll be a whole lot of fun. Mike, what do you think?
1: I again, Holly Hollywood is totally into reboot. Totally is in the in the reboot world as it stands right now. They're not greenlighting new stuff in spades like they were in the '80s, and they're not. They don't have intense sequelitis like they did back in 2013 2014 they're now in this stage of rebooting old stuff and trying to like see if they can squeeze a little more out of those juices Mm -hmm. and honestly face off is one where i could honestly go either way like if they said they were going to bring face off back i would i'd be willing to do it but I would, but I would need to know that they're doing it faithfully. That's my mm-hmm. criteria for it, because I feel like with Face Off, you need to match the tone entirely, one, and you need to have the action be super over the top and cheesy. It cannot be gritty. It can't be intense, and it can't have super crazy shaky cam. It's got to be John Woo style, because that's one of the mm-hmm. key hallmarks of this movie, I believe is. John Woo's are like film style,
0: so Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Who would you cast as the child of of the children of John Travolta and Nick Cage? Okay,
1: all right, okay. So so all right. Hmm. Okay, so the daughter of John Travolta, I would say. Hmm, because she would be in her like thirties, forties now, right? Some something like that. I would honestly say, how old is Katherine Heigl? I feel like Catherine Heigl could totally do it. Maybe not action, but like she could totally be be a be a, be one of one of the characters. On uh, uh, Catherine Heigl, she
0: she's forty four. Yeah, perfect.
1: She nails the age, like. Yeah, I feel like she could totally I don't know if she'd be like action star worthy, but like she could absolutely do the comedy bits cuz she was in Knocked Up. She was in freaking uh what was it? 27 dresses and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. she's done silly shit before. So I totally feel like that she could really nail that role. Now for for Nick Cage's kid in the movie. Oh my god, who would I just want to <laughs> This is not a true answer, but I would totally love for Timothy Chalamet to play Nick Cage's
0: son. (laughs) You know, I was actually thinking that. I was legitimately when I came up with this question, I was like, dude, what if I just picked like Timothy Chalamet as like Nick Cage's kid? I think that'd just be so funny. (laughs) Dude, I'm just just seeing Timothy
1: Chalamet do wide-eyed Nick Cage acting (laughs) as he just just like sliding with two guns across like a across a long table as doves fly that just that sounds hysterical that sounds (laughs) utterly hysterical
0: no okay here's what i got so in my head for some reason i was imagining like you know john travolta has another son that goes up against the child of nick cage so for john travolta's son that i fucking just made up for this movie i put down tom holland i think that'd be they kind of look a little similar like i think that could be i think that could be fun Fun enough. <laughs> Tom
1: Holland. Tom Holland could work. I, I do agree. Tom Holland could absolutely do it. My thing is, my my question is, would it one? Do you think they could do wild-eyed Nick Cage? Because I don't know if Tom Holland has it in him. I don't. No, I, 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 I don't I put know. John,
0: I put well, Tom Holland is John Travolta's son. Yeah, he, yeah. So I think it's possible. I think, I think so.
1: It's, I think it's possible. I just see. I could like I can literally see in my head right now. Mm-hmm. like timothy chalamet acting like an acting like an unhinged person like <laughs> that's that is super odd brand. i feel like so i but yeah i i totally i could totally understand that
0: and then for for nick cage's kid for some reason i thought of jack quaid i don't know i don't know if you know i don't know if you know who that is <laughs> Oh, okay. So I thought you were saying Tom Hugh- Holland. And the for boys. Nick
1: Cage's kid. Oh, you're saying John Travolta's fictional son. Okay, okay. Yeah, John, Tra- okay. John Travolta's fictional okay. son and
0: then Jack Quaid. Jack Wade. And, That's you know, interesting. Okay, so I, have, I have two I have two answers for Nick Cage. <laughs> uh Jack Quaid. And then there was part of me that really wanted like or sorry, for John Travolta's son. I have two answers. Tom Holland. And part of me wanted to go with like the exact opposite of what everybody else was thinking for John Travolta's son to be acting as Nick Cage. So Michael I put down also put down no I put down Taylor Lautner. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen him in a minute. Why not put him back on the map by having him, you know, do the Nick Cage acting? I think that'd be fun.
1: That would be hilarious. That would honestly be hysterical. I could totally see. You know what? Tom Hiddleston. Sure. Tom Middleton. I don't know. He was in Loki, and I'm like, I'm like, I feel like he could do. I feel like he could do wild and weird. Like, I feel like (laughs) either either him or or Timothy could be Nick Cage's kid, and throw the other one as Travolta's kid. Like, I feel like that would work. They're both weird. They're both they both could do like the wide eyed nuts stuff. So (laughs) hell yeah.
0: I will thank you all for going down this weird theoretical writing of the Face Off sequel. But for now. We got to get back to the Travolta-thon. Mike. If face-off were a drink, what would it be, and why?
1: All right, everybody. So, okay, this movie's good, so it's not fair to make the cocktail bad. Okay, we have, we already know, we already have, we already know two liquors that are going to be involved in this drink, because we got two two of the Mest of Midnight's favorite people. So, all right, let's start off with the obvious stuff. John Travolta is Campari. He, if he's good in a movie, he makes it. If he's bad in a movie, he breaks it. Campari's the same way. He's got a bitterness to it. Three quarters of an ounce of Campari. But, we have Nick Cage. Nick Cage is absent. Nick Cage is a whirlwind hurricane of an actor and God bless him for it. So I want you to take the cocktail glass that you have. uh, And I want you to take three spritzes of that absinthe into it. Get your, get yourself the absinthe flavor and aroma going. Okay. So we got our Campari have our absinthe. Now these characters, the characters have depth. uh, They have heart. You really care about these characters the entire time that they're on screen They're not overused and they're not underused. They're great. I love all of the characters that are on screen. And also the. Yeah, everything about these characters are great. So let's do let's do a orange liqueur, but not a normal one. That feels too standard. These characters genuinely feel interesting and nuanced. So let's make it a blood orange liqueur. Three quarters of an ounce. All right. Now, this movie at its core, not the characters, not the two lead actors, this movie, the feeling that this movie gives me in in spirit form, it's tequila, man. Like, come on. Don't even try me, dog. Like, we could sit here and talk about, like, all of the, like, oh, it's vodka. No, no, no. I'm just putting my foot down. Face Off is a tequila because it grabs you and it drags you. Like, through its entirety. And you're here for it. It's a party, and you are here for it. So, ounce and a half of tequila. Finally, this movie's intense. This movie movie is not slow, and everything that we've listed right now is kind of slow and a little on the bitter side. So I want you to go over to your local corner store, grab a can of Celsius, like, energy drink, preferably an orange flavor crack it open and i want you to pour that into your drink and Mm -hmm. before and you, you should have you should have the glass that you're using be as wild and crazy as you can find because this movie is wild and crazy so take all of your accoutrements put it in your glass and before you drink it in order to have that what the hell what the fuck Nature that this movie really encompasses in my body when I was watching it, you need to have your friends slap you before you drink it. It doesn't need to be hard; they're not trying to knock your teeth out. Just they just need to like give you a slap and then you drink it, and that's my drink.
0: Part of me was thinking you were going to say, "Okay, now you're going to have to have your friend skin your face off <laughs> exactly. and then you're going to chug it."
1: <laughs> undergo plastic
0: surgery—that's <laughs> what you need to undergo. The most expensive drink we've had on this podcast. No, it's not that. <laughs> oh, but the blood, the blood orange. That's an, that's an intriguing ingredient. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm here for it. Celsius. Inter- interesting choice of energy drink to get you going back up. But I fuck with it. Very very nice. Very very Hell good yeah. cocktail.
1: Hell yeah! Thank you. One Thank
0: one you. I one I might drink minus the slap. Um, so <laughs> so my cocktail. So for me, I've. You know, put myself in this corner, Nick Cage, absinthe, John Travolta, vodka. Let's go one and a half ounces of absinthe and one and a half ounces of vodka. But the vodka, we're going to do something a little bit different, okay? We're going to pick a Tito's vodka, but we're going to add some cherry Kool-Aid powder to the bottle, shake it up, and then pour in an ounce and a half of that. Because, you know, John Travolta, you know, this whole month has been about John Travolta. He's having fun with this movie. It's like a summer fun blockbuster that doesn't take itself too seriously, but is still a fun, good time. Add that, add all that to your highball glass. A summer action movie with elements of sci-fi sprinkled in there. I say, let's keep it fun, let's keep it energetic, let's add some Sprite, fill your glass up with some Sprite, let's say eight ounces of Sprite. And for some reason, when I was watching this movie, I don't know, it felt very like American in the sense. Like, you know, classical, fun, American action movie, like not quite like a diehard, but still a movie you could see yourself going to see on a summer day, you know, in like, you know, the movie theater when you're out of school. So for that, I'm going to say add in one ounce of some cherry schnapps. And yeah, that, that, that's this movie. You know, it's it's fun. Right to the point. You have a good time drinking it. And yeah, that's this movie. The Kool Aid vodka, huh? You just you're sprinkling
1: in some Kool Aid, man. That is some that is that is a ratchet vodka infusion. Hell yeah,
0: I'm here for it. I'm here for dude, it. It's dude, it's a thing. And you know we've done flavored vodkas, but I'm like, no, we're having fun with this. Let's get some motherfucking Kool Aid up in here. Absolutely, hey, Kool Aid.
1: Hey. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, uh, I I dig it. I dig it. It's simple, short, sweet, and to the point. Cherry schnapps. That is a left turn. So I'm like, okay, okay, Kool Aid vodka. All right, we got a cherry thing going on. Sprite. Okay, cherry Sprite. That gets you wasted, and then you're just like schnapps. And I'm like,
0: shit. All right, we ball. We can do it. We we need, we. We need a little, a little, a little extra thing. Just Absolutely. So, you know, give, it, give it that oomph. Yeah. Instead of
1: taking it, instead of having it be a bland, regular old movie, it's now Face Off. It's now interesting and weird, so I dig it. I dig it.
0: All right, guys, we well go go make yourself a cocktail. Let's have some fun. This is the finale of the Travoltathon, and let's get to talking about Face Off. So we're doing things a little bit differently for this episode. We're going to kind of talk about the movie as a whole. And if you guys don't know what Face Off is about, it's about this uh f b i agent who assumes the identity of a terrorist that he's hunting who murdered his son only to find out that that terrorist is still alive and then that terrorist switches faces with the f b i agent and a revenge plot ensues that's a that's a that's a pretty good- that's a pretty good synopsis of what absolutely about, right? absolutely I- it i i couldn't <laughs> agree more with that
1: synopsis it is It sounds like we're just like pulling some crazy plot out of our ass. But no, that is legitimately what happens. And it is the movie with its base plot already establishes its own tone, which I really Mm -hmm. have the hats off to. Like Mm -hmm. it's that's amazing.
0: And one thing about this movie, there's such like a good juxtaposition between John Travolta and Nick Cage. You see John Travolta, his character at the beginning of the movie plays everything like straight, you know, he's a government official who's hunting down the bad guys. But the first introduction we get of Nick cage is him in a priest outfit, holding a case with a monitor and then like setting up a bomb at the LA convention center. And then he's dancing along to a a choir singing hallelujah. And he's headbanging and dancing. And then he, we get that one memeable face where he's, like wide-eyed and opening his mouth with a priest out, like it's this introduction is so amazing. It's, uh, it, <laughs> it's
1: it's really impressive. I really have to give the hats off to to the movie for how they Im- how they show these two very very different people who the movie almost works itself to really I don't know tell the viewer that these are two completely different people, like two entirely Mm -hmm. different people. Two actors are playing their roles extremely differently. And then what they do is they just flip it, which Mm -hmm. takes a lot. It takes a lot of chops with the acting skills. So you take Mm -hmm. Nick Cage and they, uh, I'm sure John Woo just said, be as unhinged as you can. So you have him headbanging to the to hallelujah. And just grab assing a choir member just in the middle of the L A. Convention Center, you know, Nick Cage shit, and then <laughs> it just it has Travolta, who's just again he plays he plays a man in black like it's it's literally mm-hmm. just like straight lace like necktie all that stuff. It's really good,
0: yeah. And really, where I got like John Travolta's performance was after he goes to visit Nick Cage in prison and he goes to go see Sean Archer's wife and he just kind of comes in and starts flirting with his wife just trying to be like all oh, you know oh nothing's wrong here cuz it's John Travolta playing Castor Troy in the body of Sean Archer with Nick Cage's mannerisms like it's, it's so it's such a great and underrated performance in my opinion this is, I, I, I couldn't agree more. See, mm-hmm. I feel like, personally speaking,
1: see, when, when they make the switch and uh John Travolta has to play as Caster Troy, Nick Cage's character, when he, when the two of them make that face-to-face in prison, that is when I, I that's when I think I was officially blown away. Because up Mm -hmm. until then, I had seen them do the stuff like the, oh, my God, I'm person X. But when they were in the prison, you just see Travolta almost, I I really do feel like it almost switches. Like the Mm -hmm. two of them make eye contact. You see Nick Cage suddenly do the, oh, my God, no. And then it just, you see Travolta just zero in on it. And he just Mm -hmm. goes, he just goes crazy, which is just, again, impressive.
0: And then when you look at like Nick Cage's performance, you can look to like um, that one scene in the chow hall when he's surrounded by all these prisoners wearing these metal boots. And then he encounters like one of these guys and he has to try to convince him, like try to like, you know, not be weird and just be Castor Troy. And he's trying to like act and stuff. And he and Nick Cage is like trying to do that crazy thing that he does. But he's also looking like he's struggling to do that cuz that's what his character Sean Archer would do in his body like the, it, again both very good performances from both actors it's, it's quite it's quite it's quite impressive
1: yeah I, I feel yeah exactly i feel that with Nick Cage's performance because Nick Cage had to go the opposite direction that Travolta did and tone down his performance and really sort of zero in on the subtleties of how John Travolta's mannerisms work within his like movies, I really mm-hmm. feel like he gets outshined. Essentially, mm-hmm. Nick Cage, because he's adopting Travolta's mannerisms, he almost has to like take a step back, whereas Travolta has to take a step forward. Which mm-hmm.
0: that's a great way. Of which
1: again, it. a great way it's, of it's 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 impressive that he's able to do that. And what's great is it doesn't he doesn't turn it off. Like, you don't see Travolta just take a breather, go back to his mannerisms, and then when something really gets intense, he goes up. It's literally just mm-hmm. the two of them are at the same level at all times. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. And let's, let's talk about the action a little bit, because let's just look at, like, the opening action scene between John Travolta and nick cage after nick cage is being like a a weird little sex pest on an airplane then the fbi comes to like hunt him down we have this like really big action scene where like john travolta is chasing down nick cage on a humvee then like a helicopter then the jet crashes it doesn't take (laughs) off and then we have this huge gunfight that breaks out that ends with john travolta thinking oh i just killed nick cage like mike What did you think of that opening (laughs) action scene? It's amazing.
1: It's Mm -hmm. amazing. See, Max, I don't know if you've watched a lot of John John Woo movies like The Killer Mm -hmm. or Hard Boiled. Those like Hong Kong high octane action movies starring uh, was it uh, Chow Yun Fat, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the The way that John Woo does an action movie, I think is magnificent i Mm -hmm. absolutely adore the way he does action movies because you with action movies i feel like if you really want to stand out you either go in one or two directions either you tighten up the action to make it as like heart pumping as possible to really make it feel like these characters are fighting for their lives out here john woo took the route in his film styles, that I feel like most directors don't. Whereas he <laughs> leans into the ridiculousness of it. He has people jumping across like tables, firing two pistols, which apparently don't need to be reloaded. He like drops a helicopter on the wing of a plane. Like, he has speedboats doing backflips as the characters fly off of it. Like he, the guy. The guy plays by the rule of
0: cool. Mm-hmm. He literally he, plays by the rule of cool. Yeah. With with this movie, he definitely understood like, Hey, I know what mo- type of movie I'm trying to make. Like I mentioned earlier, he understood like, you know, maybe I should try making this like a comedy. And that shows not just, you know, with all the little jokes that we have, but also because this movie is so much fucking fun. Like we had Nick Cage dive out of a debt, a jet dual wielding, golden pistols and then like doing kung fu and shit on hench on fbi henchmen and i swear you mentioned john woo in martial arts films in one shot where nick cage shoots a guy i look and i'm like oh look there are the wires it's just it's just right there <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's the way
1: John Woo does action with his, his use of wires and all of that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's magnificent. And as someone who's a sucker for those Hong Kong martial arts films and those action films, it's, it's so impressive and it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it always just, I feel like it takes, it, it adds, it adds intensity to the movie without adding seriousness to the movie, which mm-hmm. I, which I really think is really fantastic in certain ways.
0: Hmm. And then, like the rest of the action, like throughout, we got a couple. We got like like some really good action scenes. One at like the very end, but then also one kind of in the middle between uh, John Travolta and Nick Cage trying to break into Castor Troy's like hideout, where just the FBI comes in and Nick Cage is trying to like protect this child, and John Travolta and the FBI are also trying to break in. But I think the one that like really sticks out to me is the action scene at the beginning and the action scene at the end because the one at the end we kind of get a little bit of of everything Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. get like nick cage and john travolta fighting on a boat we get like boat chase scenes we get fist fighting we get guns like mike we get a freaking funeral getting (laughs) Like, like like this is just it's just so much like we get a mexican standoff this thing is just this it is a it's cornucopia just so much, it's just so much shit but it's not like that confusion confusing so much shit it's just enough to where it's like hey i'm gonna kick up my feet and i'm gonna have a good time with this exactly
1: exactly the only thing you can do with those scenes is just grin and just go absolutely of course he does it's like why why is he doing why would he do that <laughs> why not of course he would. And it's and it doesn't feel like a cop out. That's the mm-hmm. big thing. I feel like that's a separator between like someone go going seeing a ridiculous action movie and going, oh, of course he does, because according to this movie's logic. But mm-hmm. it, it's it feels different. It feels mm-hmm. a lot different having this ridiculous stuff happen because it's still I don't know. It's still it doesn't feel as ADHD. Mm -hmm. as something like Ice Pirates does with its action, where it's so much is getting thrown at you, but nothing sticks. It's a lot is getting thrown at you, but it feels like it's a curated, like set number of things that are getting thrown at you. It's Mm -hmm. still a lot, but you, everything feels correct and in its place when it's getting thrown at you.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to like an earlier John Travolta movie, uh, Gotti, which we talked about earlier this month, That movie felt like it was just you know grasping at straws and, you know, oh, we're going to pick a thing out of a hat. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do a marriage scene. We're going to have a murder. We're going to have a kid dying. And then with this movie, while we do have some of those elements, it's a lot more like spaced out and it feels the craziness feels earned with face off. You have these crazy moments that just kind of come up to the line, but they don't they don't cross that line of like, okay this is. No, this is too much cuz you can't have too much of a good thing when it comes to crazy action spots or little meme things in it. So I mean that's what that's think, just that's what yeah, I what do you think Mike?
1: I absolutely I absolutely agree. One thing that I also want to bring attention to is that John Woo understands the martial arts, like I'm calling this the martial arts framework. Like realistically, Mm -hmm. this goes for any action movie, but I feel like with martial arts, it's the most prevalent where you need like a, a, like a period of break for the viewer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of break it is, but it's a break. And Mm -hmm. with, with John Woo's breaks, especially specifically in face off, all of the breaks feel like they are only as long as they need to be. Like there is Mm -hmm. literally zero room for trimming down the break. It it feels like everything that's necessary to the plot is getting pushed into that moment. And it doesn't feel like it's cluttered. Like Mm -hmm. when, like one of the best examples I feel like is when obviously one of them is when, uh, Travolta, playing as caster troy goes to meet the wife and the daughter for the first time another one that is really and that is really good in my eyes is when uh nick cage playing as sean archer goes to the hideout with all of uh his henchmen and they're all goofing off and hanging out and having time and then he talks with like nick cage's like lover or something like that mm-hmm. and it's it's really all of it feels necessary it adds weight to the plot and it got it even got me thinking on what the movie's going to do with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is something yeah. that with action movies it doesn't do that i don't see too often
0: yeah you don't see it done often well like this mm-hmm. was a almost two and a half hour movie that absolutely flew by and part of it is due to those lull moments like That important thing, like you mentioned, with those action movies is you need to have those little lull moments. Otherwise, you will burn out your audience. Like little character moments. You get to like kind of you, 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 you're not just gonna watch mindless action and then just be like, okay, you know, that was cool, whatever. The good action movies bring you in. The good action movies make you care for your characters, care for the world. Like, look at John Wick. Spend the first couple of <laughs> moments of that movie setting up. Okay, this is what he's like, and you know, with the great performance that Keanu Reeves gives, it you know makes you give a shit about this character. I mean, like let's mm-hmm. let's look at Man of Steel for instance. The last hour of that <laughs> movie is just go 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 go, just nonstop fucking action. Let's look at a good action movie like Speed, even in a movie about a a car a bus that can't. It can't drop below, what is it, 70, 80 miles per hour or 60 miles per hour? Yeah, I think it's like
1: 55 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, even a movie like that has its lull moments. Hell, I'll tell you, like this past weekend, I watched Face Off, and before that, I watched uh, Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal, the Michael Bay-directed movie, which was fine, (laughs) don't get me wrong. That movie also had its lull moments. But I think Face Off did it a lot better because in Face Off, they – really brought the character's relationship in. They brought, they really illustrated the relationship between like John John Travolta and his wife, John Travolta and his daughter. And with the added interest of, Oh, these people are now flipped. It makes you more intrigued as to see, okay, what's, what is the movie going to do? What are you going to throw my way? John Woo.
1: It leaves you guessing. It leaves you guessing the, Mm -hmm. It's, it's like it's like almost a drip feed of intrigue that the movie gives mm-hmm. you. What'll happen is you'll see you'll see John John Travolta after after the switch. So so uh Castor Troy in John Travolta's mm-hmm. body. Uh you'll see him when he meets the family. The whole time you're wondering is y- y- You're left going, oh, my God, he's going to find out. Are they going to are they going to find him out? Are they going to freak out? What's he going to do? Is he going to sleep with like John Travolta's wife? What's going to happen? And then what happens is once you have those questions answered before it wraps it up, that wraps up the scene, it drip feeds you two more questions Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to the action, which is I just think is really, really good work on John Woo's part specifically. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of movies have a lot of movies do the like, oh, here's the here's the question, the answer to the question that you have for this scene. Moving on, John Woo almost plants two different nuggets in your in your head Mm -hmm. with it. Like uh, a a good example is, um, at least for me, is when. Nick Cage's son gets introduced Mm -hmm. and you see John Travolta or like Art, Sean Archer in Nick Cage's body, he's, all these thoughts are going through his head. And honest to God, one of the questions I had before that scene ended and we got to the action was, oh my God, is it going to be, how is how is this going to get resolved? Is Are you going to see John Travolta like take a sinister approach and like threaten Nick Cage with, with his kid? Is he going to like, Take Will the he go to the dark in. side? Exactly. You're, you're, mm-hmm. You you yeah. you leave the character you within how the characters are, and how they act. You give the audience more questions, and then you just take it in one of those directions,
0: which it, it, it is done incredibly well. And I think part of the reason why you really feel for, uh, for Sean Archer's character. In that specific scene when he's talking to the child is the way that this movie is set up because we open up and I'm, this is the one part I'm going to do. We open up on a carousel where Nick Cage has a sniper rifle. He he also has a mustache. Which <laughs> why the movie didn't give us Nick Cage with a mustache for the it's entire runtime? That Ugh. makes me that makes me so upset. And yes, Tragedy. that is a knock I have against this movie. <laughs> it's a travesty. It is it's a shame. Dude, dude, utter, utter fucking shame. But we do have this opening where Nick Cage shoots. Dre's trying to assassinate John Travolta, but he ends up shooting John Travolta's son. Which you hear you see that and you're like, okay, cool get it i understand why they hate each other they've been hunting each other for a long time you understand the motivations between as like well why john travolta wants to catch nick cage and nick cage just kind of hates everybody and is crazy like like the joker whatever (laughs) but when it gets to like this scene with caster troy's son with sean archer taking wanting, like seeing him and finally like oh shit you know he has a kid it really like it makes you care, and it gives these characters just like an extra dimension. Like if we didn't have that opening scene on the carousel, this we would have just been like, okay, basic kid plot. Here it is. Like it, it, no, like that w- that, w- that wouldn't have worked. But because we do have that opening scene, you understand. Like oh, he feels these because he lost his son. It's it's that character moment. Other than this large overarching like blanket statement of look at look at the child. Look at There's, the child.
1: <laughs> Look at this child. No. So that's actually a really good point that leads mm-hmm. me into one of the things I also want to talk talk about this movie. This movie, and I'm bring up this point because this is a problem in all of the movies that we watch that are bad. Mm-hmm. This movie is this movie follows Chekhov's gun, which mm-hmm. sounds like a very simple one-off thing that you should just mention and keep moving. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, if you've watched movies where there's zero payoff on one thing that is dropped in, it it drives you. It like it's something that really sticks out and you want to point out. And mm-hmm. like here, when like there's one scene where uh, John Travolta, uh, okay, let's go with this, Caster Troy, Nick Cage's character, yep, <laughs> as John Travolta sees travolta's daughter and her Mm -hmm. presumed like boyfriend or something like that pull into the driveway he's watching and you think to yourself well he's a careless asshole who doesn't care about anyone but himself she he sees her get attacked essentially and what he does is he gives her a he gives her a butterfly knife and says you should put this into the into the thigh of the next guy who grabs you and she and what you think to yourself is, okay, cool. One off, like, oh my God, the character is showing heart. He's he's not just a heartless asshole. At the very end, it pays off. And they do mm-hmm. this with so many items in the movie and so many references,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is just something that I really want to give praise to because I yeah. feel like it would just get overlooked.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of those things, like if you read any screenwriting book, you're gonna hear a lot about setup and then pay it off. If you just set something up, then you've just wasted your audience's time. And luckily face off doesn't do that a whole lot. Like that is, that is one of the many things I can give to compliment this movie. Like this is my first time watching face off and I had an absolute blast with it. Yeah, this was, so this was my first
1: time watching it in its entirety. I think I've seen, Mm -hmm. I think I've seen about like the, 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 like bits and pieces of the movie that totaled probably like no more than like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But this movie is actually fantastic. I really do. Mm -hmm. I really do see myself going back to the movie. I could absolutely see myself when people are just asking for a ridiculous fun time that they can sit down and watch and care. Mm -hmm. This is the movie I'll be suggesting is just face off because the movie is ass crazy. It is ridiculous as hell but goddamn is it good. God and damn, the
0: action's good. practical. I don't I don't I know that like that's the you know a lot of the movies that are released today are, you know, just CGI whatever, but a lot of the, this action's practical, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing to see in 2023. Like it's, I've said this before yeah. on this podcast, they do not make movies like Face Off anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is a damn shame for us Absolutely. in 2020.
1: That's why dude, that is why that is why I will forever be practical effects pilled. Like that is mm-hmm. why I will forever be on the practical effects train. Because when you have not only do you have like movies like Face Off showing you that how cool practical effects are, but you also have like Film people in this current day and age, like George Miller, who did Fury Road or Nolan, who's like, who's notoriously hell bent on having Mm -hmm. all of his movies be practical effects. It's really just great. To see, and it just makes me stop and turn to every single cookie cutter superhero movie and go do better. Do better. Well, come on.
0: And you can have good VFX, too, you know, with with what I with where I with what I work in, like I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, VFX can is good. But with face off and with all the practical stuff that's thrown in, I I don't know, it just it brings me back to a simpler time when we were like, hey, let's just have this action scene. Let's have some fun. Like, that's what the mar- like I have the V I have like the VFX guy in me, but then I have like the guy <laughs> that did some martial arts where I'm like, dude, let's do a fucking fight scene, man. Let's Absolutely. have like you know, go to a warehouse. Let's have people do front flips off of things and then sidekicks and like wire work and shit. Like and let's get on a boat and have a fight scene on a boat for yeah, no reason have, other than it's cool.
1: Let's have let's have John Travolta swing anchor around. Like it's <laughs> It's great stuff. It is great, great stuff. It's. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. Like VFX are should never be understated. They are always mm-hmm. to be respected. But it's it's all it's also a dance, mm-hmm. the between VFX and practical effects. You shouldn't have you. Sh- I I I'm of the mindset where it's the two should work in harmony. And yeah, for the yeah. love of all that is holy, I hate the words that are escaping my mouth. But like Transformers, they have yeah. the CGI and the VFX, but they also have a shit ton of just practical
0: stuff. It's great. Yeah, let's look. Let's look at John Travolta in this movie. In your, in uh, Mike, in your opinion, where do you think that this ranks in John Travolta's filmography?
1: Okay, all right. So I have to say, I'm going to list out the movies that I think are my favorite that he's in. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just reorganize them or list my top three. So let's say the best movies I've seen John Travolta act in. Um, Let's go with Pulp Fiction. I feel like that goes without saying. Uh, Let's go with... Face off, that's fun. Saturday mm-hmm. Night Fever, that's also fun. Let's throw in Grease too. So amongst those, I would say I would say either Saturday Night Fever or Pulp Fiction are his best acting points. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that both roles were best suited for Travolta at that given time. Mm -hmm. I think that Tony Marinano is a fantastic character that could only have been played by John Travolta, and it's almost as if that role was literally built surrounding him. Mm -hmm. Same with Pulp Fiction. I don't really see how Vincent Vega could be literally anyone else.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, I genuinely can't see him being anyone other than Travolta because they both have the subtleties of Travolta in his acting mannerisms, and they don't go overboard or make Travolta try out parts of his acting that I feel like he falters in, which is a lot mm-hmm. of over the, traditionally speaking, a lot of the over-the-top stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I would probably say number three for me is Face Off, because mm-hmm. it's Travolta completely out of his zone. And he still mm-hmm. holds his own, which I feel is one of the hallmarks of not a good actor, but a fantastic actor.
0: Like now someone that, who... Oh, go keep going. I was going to say that that's interesting because I think that this is a really good movie face off is for us to end the Travoltathon on because... Mm-hmm. This movie kind of looks at Travolta's acting as a whole. Like it wraps things together about the things we like about John Travolta. When he's serious, like in Saturday Night Fever or Pulp Fiction, he is a kick-ass character. But he can just as easily be goofy and leave you laughing. Like when you look at... The Fanatic or Gotti, but we're laughing at that movie for very different reasons. I mean,
1: also, I'll I'll throw I'll throw I'll throw this in in the comedy realm as well. Hairspray. He's he's really funny in Hairspray. Like, he's genuinely funny in Hairspray. So Mm it's he it's not that he can't. It's I, I feel like his wheelhouse best fits at least at the given points in time when they were released best fits the serious roles that he inhabited Mm -hmm. in Pulp Fiction and Saturday Night Fever. Just the Mm -hmm. power, the weight, the emotion. I feel like it all was a stars aligning sort of moment for him.
0: Mm -hmm. And to wind, to finish up talking about face off, Mike, I need to ask you where Mm. would you watch face off in your movie marathon I think I know what you're going to say, but hit me with your answer.
1: Okay, all right. I'm going to say number number two. Mm. And the reason I'm saying number two, so it could be a number one movie, 100%. I'm not saying Face Off is a number two movie because it isn't good enough to be a number one movie. I would say when you have about three or four libations in you, Watching face off, I feel, would almost amplify the silliness that would come out of it. It depends mm-hmm. on what kind of movie night or if you're that you're trying to have. If you're just trying to get drunk and laugh, I think it's good in number two because you're already a little drunk, but you're still paying attention to plot points. You're not grasping mm-hmm. the intricacies of it. But you can understand that that's currently Nick Cage. Oh my God, is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is he gonna sleep with John Travolta's wife? Oh my God, he is. Oh my God, what? Why is he giving his? Why is he giving his daughter a ba- a ballad song? With so many of these moments have subtlety that if you are way too drunk, you wouldn't you wouldn't get. But if you were, but if you were too sober. I feel like they would be good and you'd have a good time, but you wouldn't find them hysterical. I feel like it's amount. the the, the amount of his Yeah. The amount of hysterics that you would have, we feel like would be better suited for number two.
0: Now I'm going to tell you kind of my order of the Travolta Thon drinking Mm. marathon. Okay. So for your first movie, I'm going to say Saturday Night Fever. Cause that's just genuinely oh. a good movie. You know, you get hyped up for dancing and whatever, some sadness later, and then you're going to drink to forget, but you know, that's besides the point. And then I'm going to put face off as your number two. Cause again, oh, like you said, you got a couple of drinks in you, you know, you're ready to get a little silly, you know, it's fucking hysterical. And then for movie number three, I'm going to say the fanatic <laughs> just because watching that that's movie my- shit face would just be amazing. <laughs> that's that is my
1: order that is absolutely my order i was sitting there thinking it in my head and i'm like there's no way saturday night fever could not be anywhere other than number one exactly and then yeah, number three absolutely the fanatic my god hearing i feel like I feel like being wasted drunk hearing mooses in the house mooses in the house would have me like dying on the floor
0: and then for your movies four and five uh, fucking Battlefield Earth and Battlefield Earth at number four and then Gotti at number five. If you're still alive after that, because when those movies come on, you're going to want to drink to forget. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God. They're so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, but guys, definitely go check out Face Off. This is a it's a phenomenal movie. We didn't get too much into spoilers with this episode, uh, but now we want to talk a little bit about looking back on this month john travolta as a whole and i think to start off mike i want to ask you what is your favorite john travolta moment that we've had this past month oh my god it's okay well
1: it's gonna be from the fanatic i'm gonna tell you all this right now it's gonna be from the fanatic because in terms of hysterics i was i was only laughing with the fanatic if we're going by serious it's going to be something from saturday night favor which i can give you but mm. let's start with the fanatic oh my god him going okay so obviously moose is in the house hysterical love it but i'm gonna tell you something right the- now
0: i'm gonna tell you something right now i wrote a second part of that question and i'm not joking when i say this and i said favorite john travolta moment and why is it moose is in the house <laughs>
1: Dude, it's it's, Moose in the house. Amazing. Okay, but I'll also sit there and say, like, at a close second in terms in in this criteria, John Travolta closing his like like bathroom mirror and calling the the main and his main enemy Hunter Dunbar, Hunter Dummy Bar. It's just so funny. With all of the context around who John Travolta is, just hearing this grown man in his mid-60s call someone Dummy Bar instead of Dunbar is just... That's funny. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, and uh, a special uh, special notice to... Uh, a special shout-out to John Travolta's wardrobe and mullet in that movie. That is easily... That is... And yes, and yes I am putting... The outfit he had in the Fanatic against the outfit he had in Battlefield Earth, I got to give it to the Fanatic. I I just do. I mean, cargo shorts, Hawaiian shirts, and a mullet. Like, if that's not what I wanted to be when I was in middle school, I don't know what is. It's just amazing.
1: (laughs) It's just so, it's so much. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) It's just it's also bad. It is also bad. One guy dresses like some dresses like a like dresses like a nightmare fan at a meetup, and the other dresses the other dresses just like an idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I mean, like I said, for me, it's it's from the fanatic. it's just kind of like the fanatic as a whole. Like mm-hmm. that movie, oh. that movie's just a a great that movie's magic. F- fun phenomenal experience but i will also mention that watching saturday night fever and then learning about the behind the scenes stuff like with john travolta making it through filming this movie after his girlfriend passed away and like understanding like oh no like with saturday night fever plus grease that led to like john travolta getting just like a rocket strapped to his back and then he became like the man in Hollywood at that time. So I just think that's yeah. That's also like learning about Saturday Night Fever was definitely a great moment, at least for me.
1: I yeah, I have to say I think Travolta Travolta in Saturday Night Fever was moving. Like mm-hmm. his acting in that cannot be understated. Everything he does in that movie is is just so well crafted and well done. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, that string of movies that he did with Saturday Night Fever, with Grease, and we'll all toss Carry in, even though he's a supporting role at best, I'll, st- I'll still throw his hat in there. It's just, that is such, a, it, that is such a, an impressive m- point in time with John Travolta's mm-hmm. career. One that I self-admittedly didn't even recognize as a big time. Mm-hmm. When he was, when I was, when I was starting off this month, I initially thought John Travolta's John Travolta day was like the 90s. 90s was yeah. when John Travolta was the it factor. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he had a real, honest to God, powerful career in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that
0: yeah,
1: what was, we, th- we, yeah, what we thought was just the revival.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, we it's just like you know the 70s was john travolta's you know the end of the 70s was kind of john travolta's time and then the 80s happened or didn't happen i guess in his case and then he, he got revived with pulp fiction and i actually want to want to ask you this question what mm-hmm. movie do you think we snubbed on this john travolta month that isn't pulp fiction because i feel like that would be both of our <laughs> answers because I mean, w- Pulp Fiction is just an absolute classic. Everybody who's like a movie fan understands. Like, no, Pulp Fiction brought John Travolta back into the limelight. What else can what what can what else can two idiots with microphones say about Pulp Fiction that hasn't already been said a million times?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think so. With regards to the non pulp fiction movies that we didn't cover, that we would sn- that we like snubbed, I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. I would say we snubbed. There are two movies that that come to mind. So mm-hmm. one is Get Shorty, yeah. But the one that I'm actually going to say we snubbed was actually Urban Cowboy mm. because. It stands out amongst John Travolta's. Uh, it stands out amongst John Travolta's filmography because it's not action, and it's not, uh, and it's not comedy. It's a romantic movie, which again, the guy was a heartthrob, so it, it, it that makes sense. But I think that Urban Cowboy is one of his best movies, and no one talks about it. Mm -hmm. He does a fantastic role. He everything he does in that movie is really well, well done. It's a Western. So that also stands out amongst his filmography. And I think I think really think that is sort of the final movie in his initial heyday. Mm -hmm. That's the final movie he did before his acting career dwindled in the 80s and then came back with Pulp Fiction.
0: Hmm. Yeah, And I guess I guess for me, that's a, that's a good that's a that's a good choice. I need to. That's a movie I definitely need to go check out because, you know, John Travolta mm-hmm. in a, you know, as a cowboy, just kind of I'm like, say no more. I'm in. <laughs> but I think but I think a movie that we missed was uh, Hairspray. Oh, I mean, I absolutely. think, you know, just like, you know, the, the music, the musical aspect. I mean, it would be something a little bit different from, you know, what we've have we covered a musical I don't think we have.
1: Uh not not in the traditional sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, or or well, I mean obviously we have radioactive dreams, but you know, <laughs>
1: that, that movie's amazing.
0: This movie's it's, just awesome. Well, no, like I don't we haven't covered a tradi- a traditional musical, which I no, think we adding haven't. something like that in or even like a grease would have been interesting at least for our mm. podcast like filmography choices. Yeah, grease
1: would be grease would have worked. Yeah,
0: keep yeah. going. Like I said, either either grease or hairspray. Those those would be like the two that I would pick. To that I think we kind of missed out on. But Mike, what about bad movies? Do you think we could have like added in anything else? Like added in to some random movie from the eighties or the two thousands? Because if you remember correctly, I said like per Rotten Tomato, he's only made like four or five good movies since the two thousands. So, (laughs) all right, if we're going bad movies that
1: he's done, he doesn't have a small amount. Okay. All right, so the two movies that come to my mind are the sequel to Saturday Night Fever and Wild Mm -hmm. Hogs. Oh yeah, dude, I was so, actually just
0: thinking Wild Hogs. Dude,
1: Wild Wild Hogs is a is an acid trip of a movie. I don't know what the hell is going on with 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 the uh, what's it called? Wild Hogs or whatever, but the the Saturday Night Fever sequel is a notorious dud in mm-hmm. uh in in Hollywood. That is notorious for being a movie that kind of sucked realistically Mm -hmm. speaking it was supposed to be this big dance musical and it was supposed to like uh keep john travolta moving into the 80s and it was a notorious flop this movie was Mm -hmm. supposed to be horrible Mm -hmm. uh and it kind of i don't want to attribute one single thing to to what stalled his career in the 80s but i think this is this is it. I think this is the movie that stunted. This is the movie that partially stunted his career in the 80s.
0: Yeah, cuz I'm I mean I'm just looking at his filmography and there his uh first movie in the 80s, well like was Urban Cowboy, but the one after that was Blowout, a Brian De Palma film which I Mike, I don't know if you know anything about that movie. I I, I, I don't, do not. I, don't, I do I don't know anything, but you know, it's a Brian De Palma movie, so, you know, yeah. I, I'd go I'd go check it out. But then, yeah, it's st- definitely like staying alive. And then it just kind of looks like a series of pick your rom-coms after that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm trying so to it se- see. It seems like he, it
0: yeah. seems like he kind of got shoehorned into that role, probably because of Grease and Saturday Night Fever to an extent. But I want to get back to what you said about wild hogs, because we actually almost talked about doing wild hogs for this podcast, but we we might do it at a later time. But for John Travolta month, I don't know, it felt a little bit weird because it was kind of like an ensemble movie with Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence and William Macy as like our titular characters. But I will never get over the fact of John Travolta riding a Harley Davidson it is majestic that, that that that's it with with Tim. It's magical as well with, with Mr. Uh, like no less. <laughs> now, what have you learned about John Travolta after this past month?
1: The guy has the guy has a lot more range than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I really did not see him having deep, deep range. I see. I initially th- saw John Travolta prior to this month as the guy who did action or action comedy. If we really want to give him an extra extra mile, I know he did Grease, and so I made the logical assumption that oh yeah, because he was a guy under the age of thirty and looked relatively attractive, he probably got a mm-hmm. few uh, like ro- romantic roles. Like rom- romantic movie, rom-coms, where some of them did well, a lot of them probably didn't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of just mentally checked out from that at all. But realistically speaking, the guy has so much that blends between all of that. I won't Mm -hmm. say that John Travolta is someone who could, you could drop him into any movie and he'll give it his all and do what he can't. No, he's not, he's not Nick Cage or someone or pick your other guy who can realistically do that. He's He's damn damn close. close. He is damn close, but he really shines in, in my mind, he shines in romantic movies. He shines in dramas and he shines in actions slash action comedies. Mm -hmm. I really think that those are his three blends and blending anything with those genres, you have a high probability of having Jean Travolta perform a standout role. Now, granted, in recent years, it's become that's become less and less of a fact and more and more of a like a fingers finger crossing your fingers and hoping it does. Mm -hmm. But I really do. I really do think I didn't give John Travolta a fair shake in terms of what he has, what he has Mm -hmm. in terms of his, in terms of his uh, acting tool belt.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a lot thing. A lot of people don't recognize. It's that when it comes to like some actors just fit with some roles better. That's fine. That's okay. Like some people are like, "Well, well, why don't we just, you know, try to put this act like we tried putting like Jesse Eisenberg in the role of Lex Luthor and that just it just didn't work. That's fine. That's okay. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, wasn't meant for that role. But with John Travolta, I really like the way that you put it, Mike. But for me, I'm going to say that John Travolta has been in a deceptively large amount of bad movies. But he's also oh, a good yeah. actor. He's such a good actor, too. Like, I would mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't, like, say John Travolta. Like, it would be a sin for me to say John Travolta is a bad act like that's just not true like one of the things I've learned when looking at a John Travolta movie is you don't know what you're gonna get and that's kind of exciting to me because I could go into a movie and get something amazing like Pulp Fiction or uh, or Saturday Night Fever or Grease or you know I like I could get a really awesome performance I could go in and just have just be laughing in the theater like the fanatic, or I could see one of the worst things I've ever seen in Gotti. Like it's, I think that's just so exciting, and he brings such like an excitement with his movies to where it's like, you know what? I'm intrigued. Whenever I hear like going forward, whenever I hear that John Travolta is in a movie, I'm gonna be like, okay, you have my you have my curiosity. What's this gonna be? I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. John
1: Travolta, he's intriguing. Like the movie, looking through the movies that he's done, good and bad, at the very least, they all interest me in some way. It could be good for good reasons. It could be for bad reasons. Mm-hmm. But either way, John Travolta is a genuinely intriguing actor who kind of, who I feel like draws you. In some way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form. Like, I feel like he really does. He does have that it factor, I feel like. That Mm -hmm. a lot of people in Hollywood have, in air air quotes. But he genuinely does have that it factor. He has that Mm -hmm. sort of special sauce, certain spice, pick your analogy. That really makes him go from oh, oh yeah, I think I've heard of him or I've seen him in one or two movies to being like, oh no, the guy is good. He knows exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Whether And whether or not, it's all about whether or not, one, he cares, or two, if everything else is working out around him.
0: And I do so, wonder like, I do wonder where John Travolta is going to go from here because just looking, um, he's got one movie coming up called Cash Out, which is supposed to be an American action movie with John Travolta. But I'm kind of wondering, like after that, where does John Travolta go? Because we haven't really we've I mean, we've had like some musicals here and there. Does he go back and do one of those? Does he keep doing like the action thing that he kind of seems to be doing now? Or those one of those like direct to DVD movies, which, you know, I know we get a bad rap. But hey, he's he's getting he's getting a paycheck and he's like, what, 70, which, you know, Good, almost 70, which you know, good for him for still being able to get money. So, like, mm-hmm. does he keep doing the direct to video things, just try to cash out, which no judgment here, or does he try to do like a thing he did with Pulp Fiction or like he did with The People versus OJ Simpson? Like, does he go do, do, uh, go into the TV and do a serious role or, or do a comedy or, or some, or a dancing movie or something we don't even have an idea of yet? All Mm -hmm. I know is that I'm going to be intrigued to see what his next step is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that it's wasted opportunity to have John Travolta just and I and I and I don't like using this actor's analogy really much anymore, but he's the best option Mm -hmm. I have, mentally speaking. But Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis was doing this, granted, because he was suffering from aphasia, which is a horrendous disease and Mm -hmm. all all love to Bruce Willis. But it feels like wasted talent to have someone like John Travolta, who is just an amazing actor, just churn out crap as he mm-hmm. gets older. I think honestly if if he would if if he was able to pick and choose specific pieces he was going to be a part of, I feel like we would really benefit because, as you saw mm-hmm. with the people versus o j Simpson he was great and he put his Mm. effort into it and he cared and he really, and something amazing really came out of it. Dude, even the fucking fanatic, he put effort (laughs) into it and something came out of it. It wasn't, I don't think it was what he intended, but I, I love that damn movie. I love (laughs) that that damn movie. (laughs) I have movies. Awesome. It's, it's just, it's wasted talent for him to just play crap action movies until he like croaks. Mm -hmm. I really think if he just got picky started to prioritize more like dramas or like some sit, some like stuff that's a little easier on the bones. Mm -hmm. Like we, things would turn out well, but you know what? If he wants to, if he wants to cash in and retire, then
0: honestly go for it. All power to him. He deserves it. Yeah. Good for him. And This is the last question I'm going to ask you, Mike, uh, as we start to wind down. Is John Travolta good? The million dollar question.
1: The answer in my mind is yes. He's Mm -hmm. done the, the he's done a lot of crappy movies. But the movies he's done. That have hit correctly. Are in the annals of history. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me otherwise. Saturday Night Fever is literally in the annals of history. Yeah. And moving and keep, and like keeping that same energy, Carrie, Grease, Pulp Fiction, Thin Red Line, Get Shorty, like he's done too much mm-hmm. to not be considered good. Yeah. John Tra- in my mind, John Travolta's biggest fault Where you this is where like where John Travolta goes from a great actor to a fantastic actor to a fantastic actor. That's a gamble Mm -hmm. is John Travolta is entirely contingent upon if the story is good. And if he is interested, Mm because what we've seen is he's willing to accept a lot of movies a lot of bad movies he's also willing to accept
0: you see and i, it seems I, like, the way, that, I like the i was going to say go i like ahead. the way you put it i like the way you put it when you said if everything is is if everything is right around him and he cares because that's that's exactly what i think when john travolta is like you know what i'm i'm going to do this movie i'm let's 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 fucking go i've signed on he's 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 fucking phenomenal Like Mm -hmm. when you look at Pulp Fiction, when you look at the best back to back that any actor has ever had in Saturday Night Fever in Greece, you see a guy who's a damn who's a really fucking good actor and the people versus Mm -hmm. O.J. Simpson. He's a really fucking good actor, but it's just getting him to agree to those projects around him.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's yeah, it's getting him to want that's the that's the big ticket. You can get him to mm-hmm. say yes. It's getting him to emphatically go. This is going to be great. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think that's I I honestly I think that's all we need to say on Travolta.
0: I think we hit fucking, the nail on the head. Dude, that fucking wraps up the Travolta Thon. This has been a this has been a fun month, Mike. In the same absolutely. in the same vein as Nick Cage month last year. The Travolta Thon this year, guys, we're going to keep on doing Celebrity Month for many more years to come. And Absolutely. let us know, let us know who you want us to cover. Like what, what, what actor, what person do you want us to look at in the future that maybe has been some good movies, but we want to, we want to uncover the shit. Mike, do you do you, ha- do you have any ideas? Oh,
1: baby. It's, <sighs> well, I got two. I I I want I don't want it to be I don't want it to just be a dude fest the entire time. Mm -hmm. I want so I want to definitely throw things over to maybe like maybe to someone like uh, maybe like Tara Tara Reid. She she was in the American Pie's. She was great in those, and then she Mm -hmm. was in Sharknado, which is hilarious, and then she was in a lot of crap. But maybe her. I mean, shoot, we could probably shoot for someone like Selma Hayek and see if she's worth her weight. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, honestly, but on the guy's side, definitely Sandler. Definitely yeah. Sandler. And then also, this feels feels like we're not going to have, feels like we don't have the option, but Steven Seagal.
0: He's, he's going to happen in the future.
1: He's going to happen. Got,
0: but dude, I got to throw in Tyler Perry. That is true. You know, <laughs> that is he, true. He, he, he's, you know, he's done Medea, which, you know, everybody knows. But yeah. I really want to dig and see what what other movies has he done? You know, just 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 curiously, I believe last year I said Uma Thurman, which I still would want to, you know, go through her filmography and be like, what? What do we have here? What do we have with Uma yeah, Thurman? I, I, I agree. I agree
1: with both of those. I think Tyler Perry is the one that's the one that really kind of. Stands out to me is I because I think I of course I of course I know Tyler Perry like I'm, I don't mm-hmm. live under a rock but I don't think I've really been exposed to a lot of Tyler Perry like I've mm-hmm. watched Meet the Browns and I've seen probably one or two Medias but I don't really know a deep amount of Tyler Perry and mm-hmm. Uma Thurman's Uma freaking Thurman like mm-hmm. yeah that's self-explanatory
0: and for and here here's one for you. Mm. jennifer lawrence that is interesting that is you interesting. Know, she's she was like she's done a lot of stuff like in the 2010s but i want to maybe you know look in the past because i know she was in Winter's bone which i mean that was that's like one of my dad's favorite movies i want to go through and i want to say what what else what else is does jennifer lawrence have are, are we missing something you know just i want to yeah. go down that route just just to see exactly I get
1: that. I get that. I can definitely, definitely understand that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, guys, that does it for the Travolta That does it for this episode of the messed up at midnight podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal and stay up to date with what we got going on. Thank you. Like I said, thank you for tuning in. We wouldn't be here without any of you guys. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you, do you have anything you want to add? I mean,
1: thanks. And, uh, Some moose is in the house,
0: baby. Moose is in the house. Race, hail, praise, Dale. That I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm tired, guys.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.